Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. It is the 4th of July weekend, and so we hope things have been good for you as you've fellowshiped with family and friends, and tomorrow we celebrate the nation's birth. And if this is your first time, we want to say we hope it's not your last time, and we'd invite you to click on the digital connection card up here in the corner and just let us know who you are and how we might be able to pray for you. And if this is your spiritual home, we hope the week has been good for you and uh, are grateful that you found time to join us today as we worship here online. Again, as I said, it is the 4th of July, and so as we think about just all that that means for us as Americans, and even in this season when it's been so complicated by so many different things, and even over the last week with all the various things that came out of the Supreme Court, it just seems like we need to be even more uh, aware of our witness, and so I'm glad that we're leaning into this series. But as we think about the nation's birth, let's check out this video. Happy birthday, America. What does your family do on the 4th of July? We get together, cook food together. Sometimes we're in parades. We go swimming with friends, and we have a picnic and watch fireworks. Fireworks? Fireworks. Fireworks. Watch the fireworks show. Shoot off fireworks. We just have lots of fun. Why do we set off fireworks on the 4th of July? It was when our Declaration of Independence was signed. Because John Adams said that's how we celebrate it. Because it's cool. Do you have a favorite firework? Big ones. The Roman candles. The blaze. I like the sparklers little box, and it shoots like 20 fireworks up at the same time, and they all just blow up. I'm kind of afraid of fireworks. What was the Revolutionary War? It was the time that we were fighting Great Britain. It's like when all like did a big, huge war. It was like all around. We were trying to gain our freedom. In Boston, what were people throwing overboard from the ships into the sea? Really expensive tea. The tea taxes were very unfair for them. So they decided to feed it to the fish. Why did our founding fathers wear wigs? Because that was the classy thing to do, to look fancy. Because back then they'd lose their hair very quickly and it was slightly embarrassing. Who is your favorite founding father? George Washington. He always seemed like a strong man. He didn't seem like he would ever break. Benjamin Franklin. I kind of want to be like him because he's so smart. What was the document they wrote to create our government? Treaty of Paris. Wait, no, 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 sorry. Um, Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. First one was the Articles of Confederation. What's the Stars and Stripes? Our American flag. The stripes are the 13 colonies. The stars represent all the states. What song is our national anthem? Oh, say can you see. The star... Wait, no. How do I not know this? Star, spar, uh, star Spangled Banner? What do soldiers do? They defend us. They fight for us. They protect our freedoms and our beliefs. And if they weren't there, we wouldn't have freedom. What does freedom mean? You have freedom of your speech and religion and your actions. If we weren't free, we wouldn't be what we are. Why is America special? We give opportunities that some other countries don't have. Written in the Bill of Rights and all the amendments. How does America help the world? It helps other countries be free. Showing an example for other countries that might want to change. We have a ton of charities that we help people with. Donate our clothes, food packages, send nurses and doctors so we can take care of their wounds. Help the poor and give money to them and build houses. What do you think God likes most about our country? 
how we have freedom and we treat everyone equally. We're always thinking. And we are trying to tell other countries about him and spreading the word. Happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, America. God bless the USA. God bless America. Again, all that this country means, and as we're reminded, one of the great stories I, I told of Benjamin Franklin, as he came out of the Constitutional Convention, he was asked, uh, what kind of government have we been given as a people? He replied to his questioner, a republic if it can be kept. And so when we think about how fragile our relationships are and how difficult it's been, yet we celebrate over 200 years of all that what it means to be a free people and how I can be reminded when I went to Kenya, every young person I met that had any idea of what America stood for all wanted to come here and be part of what this country stands for. And even though in this complicated season, we want to be aware of our responsibility, not only to be good citizens, but also to be reminded that we serve our Heavenly Father. And We're in our series called Witness, and this is probably the longest series I've done yet. But it just seems as though as we lean into all these various conversations, as we think about what does it mean to bear witness to who Jesus is? And as the subtitle of the series is Come and See and Go and Tell, we've been walking through some major ideas of just how do we conduct ourselves in a world that is so upside down. That's where we started some 11 weeks ago. As we lean into this week's message, talking about who's listening to you, again, being mindful of the fact that who we are can have an impact. If you remember last week, one of the challenges takeaway was to think of five people who you could invite to be a part of our fellowship here. In fact, if you take a moment here even now to think of those five names, and it's not too late to click on the share button even now and invite people to come and be a part of what we're doing here at Linden Road on our online platform, as well as joining us in the building for worship at uh, 10 a.m on Sunday mornings. I want to go back and look at the story from Acts chapter 16 last week because there was an interesting thing that I'm not sure if you saw it, but just let's take a look at this together again. If you remember Paul and Silas, they were in prison, they were being confined, and in the moment their chains fell off and they didn't view their freedom as a moment to sort of get up and just run away. It's kind of interesting. They actually saw it as an opportunity to bear witness. Again, the writer of Acts says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And it's that second part that I want us to see, that it's in those moments when we are just doing what we're supposed to do, that people are actually listening and, and watching what we're doing. Like Paul and Silas, we too can be set free from anything that binds us, and that can all be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we think about who we are as a church here at Linden Road, we want to be a church that loves God and loves others. And the idea of inviting people into God's larger story is part of our opportunity and our blessing to be able to do. So again, I want to go back to the second part of the story here that we read last week. And, and so the title of today's message is, Who's Listening to You? Last week we talked about the ripple effect and we talked about our friend Glenn and and how he impacted Scott's life and how Scott finds a point of serving here in the church as a way of giving himself purpose. You see, in the same way, we look back at the story of Paul and Silas, and it starts out with them worshiping, and all of a sudden, they are found to be free. And so what's interesting is while they're doing what they're doing, people around them are watching and listening. 
Can you even imagine what that must have been like? And then I'm sure for the prisoners, it was probably a pretty strange sound if they weren't used to worship in the way that Paul and Silas were presenting themselves. And so the prayers and the praises that they offered up to God at midnight, and yet in the midst of such a brutal place, because I'm sure the prisons of that day uh, were not anything like what is like the jail I go into on a weekly basis here in our community, where it's air-conditioned, there's lights, there's running water, all those modern conveniences, internet, able to take and make phone calls to talk to their loved ones, all those kinds of things. And I'm going to guess that Paul and Silas, as they were in that prison, those walls heard sounds that they've never heard before, and it was the sound of worship. And so when we think about it, and we think about the second part of this verse here, those people who were there listening, those are people who I would guess were far from Christ. They didn't know who Jesus was. Maybe in the day they did hear about Jesus because of the miracles he performed. And yet, at the same time, here they are in this prison, and they really don't have any other choice but to listen to Paul and Silas. As I was reading this over the last week, thinking about it for this week's message, it came to mind that there are many prisoners, if you will, people who don't know Jesus, that we all know, that we come in contact with every day, who are watching and are listening to the way we live our lives, you and I together. And so here's the big idea I want us to unpack, that if we want to be a witness for Jesus, we can't just proclaim Jesus, but our lives should be an example of Jesus. Let me say that again. If we want to be a witness for Jesus, we can't just proclaim Jesus, but our lives should be an example of Jesus. Because you see, it's by our lives that we give truth and bear testimony and bear witness to what God's done in us. And that's really important because there are some times that we can say one thing and actually live our lives in a completely different way, and that can be a real disconnect as people watch us. To be a true witness, we need to live our lives as an example of Jesus Christ and to never forget that, that we are little Christ, if you will. In fact, I think that's probably what the true meaning of the word Christian means because the word Christian is a relatively new term. If you will, the uh, first century Christians, those that followed Jesus, they were actually called members of the way. That had to do with the method by which they lived their lives, the things that they practiced, and the things that they did in their day-to-day that impacted the world in which they found themselves. When we read the scriptures about Paul's life, we know that he was very serious about being an example of who Jesus Christ is. That's why Paul told the church of Corinth, he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Or a paraphrase of that might be simply this, follow me as I follow Jesus. Now, to be sure, Paul wanted the actions of his life to echo the way he talked about living his life for Jesus. This was his true leadership mentality. It's how he thought and acted every day. So let me ask you this right now. Are you being an example of Jesus in the way that you live your lives? One of the questions we could ask ourselves is, do we compromise our faith at work so we can fit in? Or do we proclaim Jesus in one Facebook post and then talk about getting trashed in the next? Do you witness for Jesus publicly but then spread some kind of discord socially? We have to be an example 24-7. And if we're reminded that we go forth in the power of the Holy Spirit, It's not all that complicated for us because we're supposed to be a people that are different. We've talked about this in this series, that our life has been changed because of coming to know who Jesus is. 
when you give Jesus your heart and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you, you're going to have a different view of the world in which you live in. I want us to be reminded, like Paul and Silas in the prison, there are people that are listening to you. And so there's someone that is listening to you and the way you talk and the things that you say. And then I would suggest that there are people that are watching the way you live your life too. What I wanted today is unpack five areas of our lives, as I thought about this, where Jesus is very clear about how we're supposed to live and follow him. And these things we know, but I just want to put them in front of us again because we need to dwell on these things and how we conduct our lives, especially in this current season. First, we need to be an example in serving. If you'll be reminded on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus in John chapter 13, when he had washed their feet and he put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, so I am. If then your Lord and teacher, I have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And we know this story, right? Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. And I can't even imagine, as if you try to visualize this, back then, they would have walked through daily activities barefoot, so their feet would have been really, really dirty. And it was a custom to wash the feet before a meal or when you go into someone else's house. Now, this feet washing was different because it was after the meal. Jesus was teaching the disciples a lesson on serving one another, and he was making a point. Jesus, as the master, should never have washed their feet according to Jewish customs because that's why Peter was against it all. But Jesus did this to teach what he said in verse 16 and how important it is to serve one another. Jesus' relationship with each of the disciples would be strengthened after this. Why do you suppose that is? First, it's because serving someone strengthens your relationship with them. And along with that, it builds credibility with those people too. And it creates a relationship where you can effectively share the gospel truth and be more likely to be heard. We know, too, that serving is the heart of Jesus. Ultimately, he gave up his life for us, right? And so when we follow that example and we, when we start serving our friends and our family and our coworkers and our neighbors, it will build a better relationship with them, which then builds trust for you to share the gospel with them, to create open conversations. I mean, for example, the idea of getting coffee together or helping a friend uh, to do some work at their house or cooking dinner for a family, serving them in a way that, with no agenda other than just to be present. Now, not only does Jesus give us the example of serving, he gives us also an example of suffering. First Peter says in chapter 2, For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But... If when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. So the first thing I want to say is this, is that following Jesus doesn't mean it will be all good or easy all the time. In fact, probably the exact opposite. You're going to have times when we're going to suffer because of what happens to us in life. And then the idea, secondly, to live for Jesus is going to be something about you being different from the world. And people are going to notice that, and you're going to have some people that are going to look down on you for that. And because of that, you're going to suffer, and life is going to be a little harder. And then 
how you respond to that suffering as a Christian is really important. And that's what we're looking at right here. Because what we see is many times Jesus suffered, but you know what? He never responded in a way that would make his message lose credibility. Every time, he loved beyond measure. And then when we think about suffering, we also want to say it's not fun. And we know that Jesus has called us to be an example in our suffering. And what that means is that it's okay to be different in the world, for your reward is going to be great. And when something bad happens in your life, you don't compromise your faith. You trust in your faith in Jesus. And then we want to finally understand that people are listening to the way you respond to suffering. And we've talked about that in earlier parts of this series. How we respond, even the quote from C.S. Lewis about it's in the pain of life that we really can demonstrate God's faithfulness in all that we experience. So my encouragement is to let's all be examples of Jesus and our witness for him. And thirdly, we need to be an example in loving. And what do I mean by loving? Well, the best way to define love is by looking at the example Paul gave us. And we all know this, right? And, and here is a good standard of what it looks like when we strive to be an example like Jesus Christ. Well, we've heard this verse, uh, the one I want to share here out of 1 Corinthians. It, we, it's the wedding scriptures. When you go to a wedding, more than likely this verse is going to be read. And so it says this, what? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And the greatest way you can show love to another person is by sharing with them the hope of Jesus Christ. That is like the most amazing way to share what love truly means. And then we get into the fourth, which is this idea, and this is, can be complicated because it's all about the way Jesus lived his life, and he was an example in forgiving that's a hard one for us, I think, as human beings. The truth is, it's impossible to be a witness to someone that you can't forgive. When we don't forgive, we're doing the opposite of what God calls us to do. In Colossians chapter 3, he says, Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Yikes, that's the one that really sort of sticks, right? It's, it's so hard sometimes, especially when people have done something against us. But I want you to think about Jesus' example because he never asks us to do something that he wouldn't do himself. In fact, in a most amazing way, in the story of when he was on the cross, Luke chapter 23, verse 34, we've heard these words before. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yikes. So hard to be reminded that if Jesus can forgive us of our sins, then we are called to forgive those around us for what they've done for us. And even as we think about when we pray the Lord's Prayer, that's something we pray every time, is to forgive our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Now, let me just say, maybe the person you are refusing to forgive is a person that God wants you to witness to the most. Yikes, that's another complication, right? Maybe that person would experience life change in Jesus if you would forgive them, and you would share your testimony with them. And so we begin through this list. We're talking about serving and suffering and loving and forgiving. Then finally, it's to be an example in how we live, in our living. There's a strong passage in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. He says this, 
And by this we know that we have come to know him, meaning Jesus, if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. I mean, how Jesus walked. And what this passage really boils down to is this. If you don't have a desire to know God's word, his word, the Bible, then you will never know how to truly live in Jesus, to live as he did. And then also that God has given us this great gift, which is his word, his written word. Now it's digital. It has, you have it right here on the screen with you today. You can access it through your phone or all sorts of different devices, your tablet or your desktop. And it's the beauty of that. In fact, I'd like to challenge you this week to lean into the uh, version plan for this series called Witness. Just to prime the pump a little bit in your scripture reading, just to lean into just a deeper understanding of what it means to be a witness. And then when we do that, when we're in his word, we can dive into and learn all sorts of things about him and about how to live for him. Because here's what happens, and let me just try to sum it up this way. When you know God's word, it begins to help you do all sorts of things. It helps us communicate like Jesus does. It helps us deal with enemies like Jesus does. It helps us to develop other people like Jesus does. It helps us to encourage other people like Jesus does. It helps us to do ministry like Jesus does. It helps us to pray like Jesus does. And then it helps to teach us like Jesus does. I could go on and on about how God's word shows you all those things. We can't just rely on, on what I say every week, but you have to dig into it for yourself. We want to be a church that offers training and equipping, and we want to help people dive deeper into their faith journey. So again, as I've mentioned, on Wednesday evenings at 5.30, there's a gathering here, a small group that anyone's welcome to be a part of. On Thursdays, there's the noon Bible study. And then in September, for example, we're going to be hosting the National Day of Youth Ministry Training. Small gestures that let them know that being out of sight doesn't mean they're out of our mind. How can you ramp up engagement, not only for the formation of teenagers, but because our congregations need what teenagers have to offer? I think it's easy for this cultural message that we hear all the time of bigger is better to influence us as volunteer leaders who lose sight then that small can be significant. Friends, bigger isn't better. Better is better. Which is all about just understanding youth culture and the world in which we live. And the last couple of years we've done that has been very insightful. And the conversations that have come out of that as we think about being relevant to our younger people. In just a few weeks, one of the things I invite you to be a part of is we're doing a Q&A Sunday, going to just be an open mic kind of opportunity. And although we're here online, you're more than welcome to submit a question. I'm going to bring the questions together and have a conversation of what my mind is, and I'll draw on some others here in the church. Welcome. Any question you might have on who God is or who Jesus is or who the Holy Spirit is or things you've been wrestling with in your faith, and there's a link here in the worship notes that you can uh, click on and send in your question, and we'll be happy to tackle that. In the best way that we can because we want you to become a more fully devoted follower we want you to grow in your discipleship to love jesus more and anything we can do to help to do that we'll do that when we think about these five areas we've walked through today i want to ask if you're being an example of jesus christ in the area of serving in the area of suffering in the area of loving in your forgiving in your living 
because I want to say again, there are people who are prisoners who are watching you and listening to your life, just like the prisoners were that Paul and Silas were in relationship with their, while they were in jail. So to even make it a little more personal and to go into a little more meddling, if you will, uh, will they see a person, those people that are watching you and listening to you, who is sold out for Jesus, or are they going to hear or see someone who goes to church on Sunday, but then on Monday morning through Saturday is no different than what they see in the world? Do you remember the, this acronym, WWJD? Did you ever see that? Did you have a wristband that looked that way? Or did you have a, a bumper sticker on your car? Or did you hear other people talk about it? You know, those letters simply stood for, what would Jesus do? And as we think about those, those words, what would Jesus do? We need to be reminded and, and we need to remember that God has called us to do something wonderful with our life. And that at the same time that Jesus has loved us, with everything that he has. And fundamentally, as I think about this quote from Ed Stetzer about the moment we're in doesn't pause the mission we're on, I need to be reminded that even now, in this day, where all the messiness seems to be really right in front of us in so many different ways, we need to understand that God has strategically placed us where we are, where you are, where I am, where Linden Road as a church is, where our Muskingum Valley Presbytery is and all its sister churches, and then even the larger church, that, that all those things God knows, and he knows our needs, and he wants us to offer all that we can to touch people around us with the hope and the light of the gospel. But then the question comes for those that we interact with, are they influencing us, or are we influencing them? Are you creating a new understanding for people as you encounter them and help them see what God would have them do? Is Let's all of us be witnesses, not just with the way we talk, but also how we live our lives. I want to go back to the big idea and land on this, is that if we want to be a witness for Jesus, we can't just proclaim Jesus, but our lives should be an example of Jesus. That's where we have to be, so we can meet people where they are, people who are prisoners to sin and to their brokenness, that we can offer our lives to them through our serving and through our suffering and through our loving and through forgiving and then finally living a life that reflects all that Jesus has for us. So let's pray.